Welcome to Sailing in the Mediterranean and Beyond podcast. I'm your host. My name is Franz. Well, what's new? I did a trip to California, and I had supper with my friend Neil Fletcher and his wife. It was great to catch up with him. Neil sold his boat that he had in California, and now he is only a one-boat person. He has his boat still in Sweden, and he's optimistic that he's going to be able to travel this summer. Well, I'm hoping I'll be able to travel this summer. Italy still doesn't look like it's going to be opening anytime soon. And I guess if I want to sail, I may have to do the ridiculous 14-day quarantine if, if I want to visit Italy right now. So I hope it changes in the near future. I wanted to thank my Patreons. It's been a while since I've done that, but I got a new one, Blake from Canada. He signed up last month. Thank you, Blake, for becoming a Patreon. So thank you, Blake. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Philip. <laughs> thank you, I P R Z E M E K. I don't know what that is, but uh, anyway, Orzmek, I think it is. Orzmek. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Sailing Independent. Thanks, Jonathan. Jonathan, you always write me. Thank you so much for writing me every now and then, keeping me up to date. Thank you, David. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Greg. Thank you, Command. (laughs) And thank you, Kevin. And thank you, Howard. And Jack, finally, thank you, Jack Andrews. Jack is the one that got me onto Patreon. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate you still being a Patreon for me. Now, with that out of the way, I did talk to Sailrite. They're going to renew their sponsorship this year. I really just uh, followed up with them last week, and they're overrun with demand for their products right now. I'm going to be doing an interview the son of Matt Grant, Zach Grant, who's in charge of marketing. So I'm going to have him on the podcast and talk to him in the next few weeks. So thank you, Sailrite, for being a sponsor and renewing again this year. I got a text just a few minutes ago from one of my friends in Chicago, Ed, who is one of my clients and also the first person to take me on the Chicago Mackinac race. Ed wants to come out and go skiing, and he asked me what the skiing was like right now. I went skiing on Saturday with my friend Gary, and it's it's melting fairly quickly. And then I left from Deer Valley and headed up to the ranch, and we're already in mud season at the ranch. Mud season is when the snow melts on the roads, and the roads are partly snowy, partly muddy, and then it turns to mud, and finally the the roads dry out. But we are already in to the beginnings of mud season at the ranch. So snow is melting quickly. We did not have that great of a snowfall winter this year. It really didn't get good till about a month ago, and we really haven't had that much new snow since then. So if you plan on coming out to Utah to go skiing, don't look for spring skiing to be very good. It's probably going to be a lot of rocks in April, and I told Ed that, and he said, well, maybe I'll just get my boat ready early and go sailing here and ask me to come out and go sailing with him this summer. And I may do that. Today's going to be the fourth interview with Lucas Gortzianis. And before we get to that interview, let me thank my sponsor, Sailrite. 
Looking for a sewing machine that's both portable and powerful? Look no further than the legendary Sailrite Ultrafeed LSZ-1. Take it to the marina, store it on your boat. The Ultrafeed goes where you go. This high-performing, heavy-duty machine sews both in zigzag and straight stitch. The Ultrafeed can handle your toughest jobs with absolutely zero loss of power or skip stitches. It breezes through up to 10 layers of Sunbrella canvas and 8 layers of Dacron sailcloth. With the most dependable all-metal internal components, the Ultrafeed is a piece of well-engineered machinery that's built to last. Sailrite has been building the Ultrafeed for over 20 years. This tried and true powerhouse machine comes with a 5-year limited warranty and the best customer service in the industry. The machines are assembled, fine-tuned, and tested at Sailrite's manufacturing facility by a team of highly trained technicians. Every machine is calibrated and tested before it's shipped to guarantee both smooth operation and machine quality. Take your sewing skills to the next level with the Sailrite Ultrafeed LSZ-1 sewing machine. I passed a big milestone last month. I have over a million downloads of my podcasts. That's a big number. You know, in, in YouTube, that doesn't seem to be that much. In podcasts, that's actually a pretty big number to get a specialized podcast like this. And thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I really appreciate it. A lot of people that produce podcasts are always begging for money. I beg for money. If you would like to support this podcast, you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash medsailor. I really appreciate my Patreons, but just keep listening. If you don't want to be a Patreon, I appreciate you listening to the podcast. And from time to time, you might write me an email and suggest new topics. My email is franz1 at medsailor.com. Often I'll get emails that want me to write emails back to them. And instead of writing back with a long email like they request, I write back and say, give me a call. And then people say, well, let me make an appointment to call you. Don't do that. Just call me. If I can talk, I'll talk to you then. If not, I will ignore your call and return your call when I have a chance. I don't know when we got suddenly into the whole idea that you had to make an appointment to make a phone call. That's not the way I was raised. If you want to talk to somebody, pick up the phone and give them a call. But nowadays, everybody uses messages instead of calling. I prefer to talk. Anyway, let's get on to the fourth interview with Lucas Gortzianis. All right, I'm back on Skype with Lucas uh, <laughs> I struggle with this every time. Gortsoyanis, Gortsoyanis of um, SailMed.org. And we're continuing our interview. If you've been listening, this is going to be our fourth uh, discussion. And we left off uh, the last episode in Syros. And we are continuing on your summer trip last summer on taking on and delivering and disposing of products. You, t you, your company takes on tourists to ride on the boat and you pick up commercially viable products from Island and deliver them by sale to other islands. And so the last time we talked in the last episode, we had ended up in zero. So let's move on to the next Island after that, Lucas. Well, the next Island is, uh, is a Tinos, which is just opposite from, uh, on the, on the East uh, of uh, Cyrus, mm -hmm. 
And uh, it's uh, one very interesting island for Greeks because there is a church of the St. Mary there that is supposed to be very, um, very important for the Greek uh, religion. So on the 15th of August, the island is filled with uh, um, pilgrims uh, every year. But it's not only that. The island is uh, also a place with excellent marble. The um, marble of Tinos is famous everywhere. And uh, it has also developed um, marble sculptures, marble, marble sculpting. And they have a school of marble sculpting uh, on the island. So uh, it's, it's, a very, it's a very interesting island. It's also an island with a, a lot of um, uh, uh, Catholic uh, um, uh, inhabitants, uh, people that uh, whole uh, whole villages that are uh, that were built by Catholics. Today everything is mixed, and many people don't live in the villages anymore. And the villages are very often turned into uh, second uh, summer house places. But uh, it's very cultivated. It's very, there is very good wine on the island. There is very good cheese on the island. Uh, very, very good meat products, um, smoked, uh, uh, smoked uh, 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 fish. Okay. Yeah, uh, smoked fish. But no, but also for smoked, uh, smoked meat. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Um, and um, it's uh, a, a, there is a school, as I said, of, uh, of sculpture. Uh, many great sculptors come from there, and there are uh, museums uh, around the, uh, the island. And we have friends there that uh, have an eco-lodge, which uh, they, they bought to have uh, uh, ecological uh, tourism people participate in cultivating the land around it. So they eat out of the products that they produce just there. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm looking at the harbor of Tinos on Google Earth. And is that where you go? Because it doesn't look like there's many places for boats to tie up there. It, it looks like a commercial dock, but I'm not seeing many places for yachts to tie up there. Where do you go when you go into that? I'd say you can probably accommodate about 30, 30 yachts there. Okay. But uh, at the same time, uh, and when the wind is, uh, because there is one wind, the north, uh, northwest wind that can get in, I mean, can get uh, uh, waves, uh, the, the port is large enough such that you can anchor inside the port. Okay. Okay. And uh, the local fisherman told me that that's the way you, you deal with the very bad weather. Okay. Looks like there's a sunken uh, breakwater in that port as well. Yes, yes, there is one. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's a it's an old one. But, uh, you can still see it. It's not completely invisible, but uh, it's um, it's quite uh, uh, it's quite long. Yes, it looks like a long sunken breakwater. You can see the one end. Then it looks like you can see the the part from the land. But there's a big, probably hit and miss all the way from there, from one end to the other then. So, yeah, you have to be careful when you get in, yeah. Yeah, okay. So is that where you go, is the main port of 
of Tinos then? Yeah, that's the main port of Tinos. And uh, we've been uh, uh, driving around in uh, various places from, uh, from there. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of the things I, uh, we want to do is to find ways to uh, have uh, electric rental cars, to be able to go around uh, in electric cars rather than uh, normal uh, fuel cars. Well, that's so, a that's a big island, so it'd take you a little while to get around that island. So there's a lot of uh, dirt roads and uh, yes. regular roads to go all the way around that island. It looks yeah. like there's another little port up in the north, uh, the northeast part of the island, uh, as well. Uh, yeah, very, yeah, very. I've never been. Okay. I've never been there. It's uh, it, it, it's it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the nice things, uh, one of the uh, nice things of the island is that it has a very high mountain, and uh, there are a couple of villages on both sides. So we have beautiful vistas from uh, from these villages. Okay, and it looks like uh... about this island is that uh, it, uh, it, it the high mountain is against the north wind. It cuts the north wind from the island. But then, of course, it comes down on the south end uh, as catabatic wind. <laughs> and I once caught in catabatic wind trying to come down from Andros to Tinos. And uh, it's, I, I spent the whole night <laughs> trying to fight the, uh, the catabatic winds to get all the way to the end of Tinos before I could put anchor. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. And as a matter of fact, there is a very another very interesting thing is that when you go uh, from either Syros or Tinos towards Lavrion, uh, if you go very close to Tinos or to Andros, uh, you have the Garabat winds hitting you very badly. But if you go close to Syros, then there is no wind; you just get the waves. So you have to choose the right distance between. Uh, Andros and Tinos on one, and Cirrus on the other, to take advantage of the wind, but uh, and not get it where there is no wind. Okay, so you had to thread the needle, so to speak, then. Yes, yes, yes. It's uh, uh, it's very very characteristic in Greece that uh, on the downwind side you have catabatic uh, winds, and on the upwind side sometimes you don't have any wind. Really? Okay. I would assume that there would have been strong winds on the other side, but you're telling me that that's not the case, that, that, that maybe there's a wind shadow on the side the wind's coming from because of the pressure created by the wind. Yeah, the wind sort of climbs up and goes over the mountain, and so when you're very close to the island, uh, you don't see any wind. You only see the waves. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, and that's true. I was looking at Icarus. There was always waves on the north side. But uh, yes. but there wasn't that much wind. And even when we drove around, uh, there wasn't much wind on the north side, but you know, there was always waves. And yet on the south side, you're right, we were getting catabatic winds all along that coast. So Well, one thing is, is I, I'd say you have that uh, practically on every Greek island. You have the shadow uh, uh, on, on both sides. And you have to really figure out, uh, according to the wind conditions, what is the uh, where is the shadow and where is uh, there is too much or not enough wind? Okay. 
All right. So, uh, so where are you headed now from Tinos? Well, sometimes when I leave uh, Tinos, I go back to Andros because I have products uh, everywhere that I've collected everywhere, and I go and deliver them in in Andros. Okay. So- One of the stories that I, I like to say is that. Uh, when I loaded a, a wine uh, a year ago in, in Paros, and it, there was an order for that wine from uh, my friend in Andros, I deposited it there. The result of it was that there was a British uh, tourist that uh, tasted the wine. He liked it so much, he organized to have it uh, sold in the UK, and then uh, uh, he pushed also for that the wine to go in the competition, and that's how the prize came up. So the the Paros producer of wine, it's uh, it's called uh, um, uh, from the, sorry the Ciro's wine uh, from the the Ciro's wine the, the 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 wine is called the Sira with an H at the end. Uh, he now invites us every time to uh, uh, to have a glass of wine whenever we go by. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, because the, 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 doing the circuit and transporting the wine creates this kind of uh, network that uh, is advertising uh, the products. So sometimes you go to Andros, and sometimes you go back to Kea uh, to stop. Uh, you know, on the uh, east side of Kea, there is one of these uh, ancient um, uh, towns, the, uh, the ruins of uh, uh, an, one of the four ancient towns of Kea. Kea used to be a very thriving island in the in antiquity. And uh, so you, you had uh, one of the, of the main um, uh, towns was on the southeast side. Okay, I'm zooming in. Boy, there's nothing there now. There's no real towns there anymore. You just must know where it's, where it's at then. Yeah. Um, you don't you don't find it on the on the map. No, I see a lot of little uh, a lot of places you can go in and anchor on the southeast side, uh, but I'm not yes. seeing any uh, any towns at all. Um, well, there is there is only the ruins. It's, okay. uh, you, you go there, a few uh, you you will always find one or two uh, sailboats anchoring there. And, uh, but there is a, a, a temple, a beautiful temple, and, and an acropolis hmm. right in the middle of nowhere. Okay. I'll have to search around here for some more. Uh, oh, okay. Here, here, this might be it right here. Okay, because there's a lot of photographs on Google Earth. Ah, there it is. There it is. I can't yes. tell you the name of it, but I can give you the cross on the latitude and longitude. Uh, looks yes. like it's... Uh, East 24 degrees, 19.56, 19, 19 minutes, 56.64 seconds, and north 37 degrees, 33 minutes, 31.68 seconds. So, yeah, there's a bay there. And it looks, looks like it's a very well-protected bay, too. Yeah, yeah, that's why they had a town. Uh, they, the place has uh, two valleys that bring a little bit of water. So they were cultivated, and uh, in the middle there is this hill on which they built the Acropolis. Yeah. And, of course, with, uh, with port. A temple to Athena was built there. Oh, yeah, and you can see, yeah, there's actually a lot of ruins there. 
something to put yes. on my place. Yeah. I'm going to put a place marker there so I can go yeah. back to it now. All right. Creek ruins. Make a point of going back there next time. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Uh, going, you can only go by foot. There is no road getting there. So you can park a, a, a car high up and uh, walk down for, say, three quarters of an hour and one hour going back up. Yeah, it looks like a heck of a hike to get down to it. Yes. <laughs> That's why I'll bring my boat around to it. <laughs> yeah. So the boat is the, is the best way. And uh, last time, well, that's what we did. We just uh, went there. Uh, we arrived in the in the evening. We put anchor. And then the next day, we swam and uh, visited the ruins before going back to Lavrian. Now, is there a little uh, taverna there? No, it doesn't look like there's really anything there, is there? No. Absolutely nothing. No. Okay. Beautiful. Only hiking trip. Yeah, beautiful yeah. beach. Beautiful beach and... Uh, yeah. yeah, one of those out-of-the-way places you need to know about to go to. It's great. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's why I mentioned it, because uh, I often use it when I go from Lavrion, say, to Tinos. Sometimes there's not enough time to do it all in, in one go. So I go and anchor there to uh, uh, to continue the next day. Hmm. Yeah. It'll, I'll make it a point of visiting that the next time I'm over that side. So yes, all right. So you're headed back to uh, to Lavrion then. Lavrion from there, yeah. Okay, that's a big port. It was a lot smaller when I first went in there, but now it's a it's a big port. And then you've got the big uh, commercial port just to the south of it now too. I mean, by commercial, I mean the big marina, the big developed marina there. Well, not only you, it's a, it's a sizable port for uh, for ferries, uh, not the biggest, but uh, you know, it's a, a couple of ferries are uh, working out of there, and then uh, it's also a port where uh, um, you they unload now on the south side of the port. They unload um, wind turbines from oh, really? many places in Greece. So you, it's really a depot of wind turbines lying down. Okay, okay. So, so, um, so this was last summer, and then you also took a trip to Italy. Then is that correct? Last summer. Yeah. Well, I, we were meant to do it in in March, but then in March it was the COVID uh, lockdown, so we, we we didn't do it, and uh, we uh, did it in the end in September. We started uh, on the. Uh, on the 10th of September, if I remember well, um, from from Lavrion. <laughs> and uh, I had collected products while doing the trip uh, towards the uh, month of August. I started accumulating products that I wanted to take to, uh, to Italy. <laughs> and, and then finally from Lavrion, we, we took off. And uh, uh, sailed through the uh, uh, through the um, uh, Corinth Canal, Saron Gulf, Saronic Gulf, mm -hmm. uh, towards um, towards the Corinth Canal. Yeah. Okay, so you did have you did go through the Corinth Canal and not around the uh, not around the Peloponnese then. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, well, it is a couple of days shorter, a couple, two or three days shorter. Right, right. And uh, so it's worth it. At the same time, many people, uh, when they travel, they want to see the Corinth Canal. So that's mm -hmm. it. Yeah, yeah I take it. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a worthwhile trip to go through the canal. I, I I enjoy it every time I do it, but uh, yeah, yeah. So when you go through the Corinth Canal, where is your first stop on the other side? Where do you go? Uh, well, I do have family close to Delphi, uh, in the in the town of Amphisa. Um, so it is uh, Galaxivi Oritea, mm -hmm. who is my next stop. Okay, okay. That's a long haul, depending on what time you get there. For me... It's a long haul, and there isn't very much wind. Yeah. That's yeah. one of where I'd like to have a, an electric motor. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the town there, the town of... Uh, of uh, what's the name of the town? The town of Galaxidi is one of my favorite little ports, but it's always crowded when you go in there now. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very beautiful place. I, I, I know the place quite well. I, I have family and friends there. Uh, many people from all over the world have summer houses. And uh, it's a, there is a quite a strong uh, expat community. Okay. Not working, working but rather expat uh, vacation community. Yeah, all right. So I've only spent one night in ITEA. And that's when the that main port was still under construction. So that was quite a few years ago. My my preferred yeah. port is always Galaxy if I can get in there. And yes. uh, I have a picture but, on my website of a big storm, the, uh, the aftermath of a big storm and the crossed anchors and trying to get. I have a picture of this this older man on a yacht trying to get out of the port, and he's got like five. Uh, anchor chains across his anchor chain, and he's trying yeah. to untangle it in the galaxy. Yeah. Well, the port of Itea is finished now, um, even though it's not in full service, in the sense that uh, you don't find uh, electricity um, and nor uh, any marina services. But the town is fine, and then you're close to Delphi. Mm -hmm. and Delphi is, uh, you know, one of the jewels of, uh, of Greece in antiquity. Yeah. As much as Corinth is. I don't know if you've ever been to Corinth, uh, to the ruins of ancient Corinth. Uh, sometimes I do that. I stop and I go up to the ruins. Now, I've been to, uh, no, I haven't done, I haven't done anything around Corinth. No, I've never done that. I did go to Olympos when I visited, um, uh, pa is it Patra? Um uh, um, what's the name of the town just on that? Uh, let me zoom in and out of here a second here. Yeah, Patras. From Patras, I rented a car and drove over to the original uh, Olympic uh, Park there. The, the... Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, the, the uh, Olympia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I've never done anything around Corinth. Now, I did stay one night in the town of Corinth in that little... Uh, Harbor in Corinth, yeah, but it's yeah. not my first choice. It's only if I have to. No. No. no, Corinth is worth for the ruins. the The ancient town is up on the hills. You have to get out of the city. Uh, usually, uh, you, I take a taxi to go there, and uh, it's it's really a very very important uh, uh, 
ancient town uh, um, whole whole area. Hmm. It's a uh, big, yeah, very important. So do you stay in the town? Do you leave your boat in the town of Corinth when you do that? Is that where you go in that little harbor in Corinth? Then? There's a little marina, and it's quite uh, quite safe. Mm-hmm. And I dock there, and I, I go up to the ruins, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've only spent one night in that marina there. And uh, it was just because it was so late when I got through the canal that I couldn't continue on any further. So, but uh, anyway, so you're headed across. So you, on this trip and this last summer, you head over to Itea or Galaxidi. Do you take anything on or are you just trying to get to Italy at this point in time? That's right. Yeah, well, I went to see my family. I, I have not seen for quite a while. And then I continued. And then I stopped at the island of uh, Trisogna. Yep. If you know the Isle of Trisogna. Mm-hmm. With the sunken boats in the harbor. <laughs> That's right, yeah. But the sunken boat is out of the way now. Oh, they, they finally got to... rid of it then, huh? Good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's a, it's a very nice port. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, my own boat, my nine-meter boat, uh, has stayed there for a whole year now. Okay. Okay, but I guess if you're going to stay there, you just got to get in there and find a spot because it looks to me like every one of those spots is taken by boats that have been there for years. Uh, well, what uh, it used to be like that. Now they've started uh, uh, asking for uh, uh, to payment. Uh, mo- many of them have gone out, so you do find uh, a place every time you go there. Oh, good. I've always had to tie up on one of the walls. and. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's different now. Now, when I was there, I think the time before last, I tied up way at the very end of the um, the breakwater, the the, quay, the key that comes right down the the protection. Yeah. Quay. Not the one that comes out the entrance, but the other one. And there's that only yeah. that one water tap, which is way on the other side of the harbor. And Yes. And we needed to, every, bo- every boat along that key needed to fill up water. So we all got out our hoses, and we got a long enough hose to get over to the tap and uh, fill up our, our water tanks. But it took, a, it, took a, it took a village to get enough hose to do that. <laughs> well, they installed a, a few more taps sort of in various spots. Not, not uh, close enough to every place you go, but it's much better than you. Okay, and I like the, I li- I like the also- town of Tredzonia. The, the, yeah. the, the island is really a nice island. Yeah, fantastic view. I've, uh, you can walk all, practically all around the island, and uh, you, you 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 see the Peloponnese, you see Patras, you see uh, towards Corinth. It's it's beautiful everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Now, one of my best sails I've ever had is leaving Trezonia and heading out to the west. Is that typical yeah. that that's where the wind blows? Because I had some wonderful downwind sails from Trezonia all the way out past Patra under the bridge, and then it sort of dies yeah. out when you get out from underneath the bridge and uh, yeah. in the Gulf it's, of Patra. What happens is that the, the prevailing wind in that, uh, uh, in that bay, in Corinth Bay, is either west or east. Most of the time it is west. Sometimes it's east. So if you're lucky, it isn't your way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're heading through, and you're probably trying to make time. Where do you stop after Trezonia? 
after Trisonia, this last time, because of the COVID uh, tests, I had to stop in Patras to do the COVID tests for Italy. Oh, so, uh, okay. So we went to the port of Patras, where they have a space for uh, visiting sailboats. Uh, not the nicest place, but it's okay. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a good port. It has no services for, uh, for sailboats. Even though there is a marina, the marina is full. You cannot get in. So they send you to some unused part of the big, uh, big, big boat port. Uh, port. Hmm. I've always been yeah. able to go into that other port, but you're telling me it's always full now. Then the marina is is full. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because I've always been able to tie up there, but you're not going there to tie up. You're going in there to get your test. Then that's the primary that's right. reason you're going there. Yeah. So we did the test. We loaded up on some uh, groceries and. Uh, and off we went to uh, uh, to Kefalonia. Okay, straight to Kefalonia from there. Okay, right. yeah. Which which uh, town but, are you going to in Kefalonia? Right, but it was kind of late and the wind was not strong enough, so we decided to just put an anchor right on the uh, quite west of uh, of Patras, just when you. When you leave uh, the the north coast of the Peloponnese and it starts going south, mm-hmm. that's where I place to put an anchor. We spent the night, and then the next day we sailed to, towards Kefalonia. Okay, so there's a beach there, it's just around the corner. There is that where you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. And quiet enough. There was not very much wind. That's why I did it. And uh, and the next day we started towards Kefalonia. We went to Kefalonia. I thought I had to declare that I'm leaving Greek waters. And I found out when I talked to the port police that, uh, no, no, that's not true for uh, Greek boats leaving Greece. It's only true for foreign boats leaving Greece. Okay. Uh huh. So uh, I stopped there. I had to pick up some parts that were uh, uh, sent by... uh, by, uh, mail to me to uh, to Kefalonia. And then uh, I started from there and uh, I did the two-day trip all the way to the Strait of Messina. Okay. So I'm trying... Which which port did you go into in Kefalonia? The one at Ar- Argostolian or up in Fiscardo? Yeah. Ar- okay. So you're coming around the south end of Kefalonia and going into that port then. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because that's going to be the one closest to the airport, which makes sense for you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's relatively close to the airport. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a two-day trip. So you're not going over to Brindisi. You're heading right over to the Strait of Messini, Messini, then, huh? Yeah. The, I was aiming for uh, La Spezia, which is close to Genoa, the, the west oh. side of the. Of oh, so you're going so way up the the west coast of Italy. You're heading all the way up then, yes. huh? Yes, 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 yes. All right. So do you go into the – so a two-day trip to Messina, did you stop in the town of Messina or did you stop in one of the other towns? No, it's Reggio. Okay. Reggio. And uh, it was a good choice because uh, um, before going to Kefalonia, there was a big storm. Uh, I think it was the biggest of the summer that left uh, quite a few uh, – boats on the rocks and uh, and stranded. 
Uh, and uh, right when we arrived, uh, right after we arrived in uh, Reggio, uh, another storm was coming. But Reggio happens to be very well protected between mainland and, uh, and Sicily. So you don't feel very much of the storms there. Okay, I've never stopped there. I went straight down uh, past Messina to, um, um, uh, what's the name, Terramina. That's where I went. And, Termina, yes. Yeah, and that's... protected from the west uh, winds, but um, Reggio is protected from any kind of wind. Yeah, and it looks that's like the there's, a, there's a nice marina in there, too. It looks like there's a good marina in there. At the end of the port. Yeah. And then we had... We, we were uh, um, welcomed by the port police, 11 o'clock at night, and they said, uh, you know, first thing is that you have no right to get out, foot of, set the foot out, and you have to fill in all these papers about COVID and everything else. And uh, fortunately, the, uh, the next day, uh, I talked to the port people again, and since I had the COVID test and it was negative, they said, okay, now you can go it's all right. <laughs> yeah. Greece now is that, uh, I mean, the whole of Europe, that you have all these tests and papers and uh, all stuff to, to be able to move around. Well, I hope it changes by next summer because uh, a lot of economies are going to go in tremendous yes. recession unless we can get tourism back again. So That's clear. Yeah. Well, well, there's good hope now. They've started uh, uh, vaccinating everywhere uh, at this point. So hopefully it's going to go away by mid-spring uh, mid, uh, or something. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope, because I'm planning on three months on my boat next summer to try to make up for the uh, two months that I didn't get this yeah. last summer. So from Reggio, you went on up through the uh, Straits of Messina. Yeah, from we went uh, up uh, to um, towards uh, Capri, mm-hmm. and uh, then we went to past Capri. We we tried uh, to get some gas in uh, uh, Istria, but it wasn't possible because they don't have uh, uh, by the dock gas in Istria. I found out. Hmm. And uh, after we spent the night on Anchor in Istria, we continued and uh, we got some gas north of uh, Fiumicino in uh, uh, Civitavecchia. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you're you're just you're just really making time here. You're spending probably t- days at sail when you're working your way up this coast, then. Uh, yeah, well, we did it. Uh, we did the coast from, say, Reggio to La Spezia in four, four days. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a long haul right there. So, yeah. now you didn't stop. Or you, were you sailing all the time, or were you stopping along the way? You, it sounds to me like you were sailing all the time. On on Anchor in Istria. Okay, that's all then. Okay. And one gas up uh, in, uh, but just a couple of hours. In uh, Civitavecchia. Okay. All right, and then you're just continuing on past Rome. Okay, so, so actually, you're past Rome when you finally filled up gas. Then, okay. That's right. Past Rome, yes. Yeah, there's a big marina there, and I guess it's not hard to get gas there. 
I've never been to that. The farthest north I've been in Italy is um, is the Bay of Naples, Gaeta, and I. Oh uh, yes. So I've never been north of uh, of Gaeta. Yeah. So that's someplace. There are, there are two big ports, two big marinas, if you want. One is in uh, Fiumicino, but we couldn't get in because the previous storm had sanded up the the port, and mm. they stopped us. They said, "Don't try." And then I saw there was a, a sailboat that was uh, on the rocks right there. Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was very bad, uh, bad season. And, uh, it's, uh, yeah. yeah, I heard about the Medicanes. They kept talking about the Medicanes that came through, and I looked at a bunch of YouTube videos of, uh, of Greece and uh, the big storm that came through. So you, yeah. you were actually a little far east for the big ones that hit Greece, I guess, by this time. Yeah, well, it's uh, usually these storms sort of jump over France, get into the Mediterranean. They, you know, shape up again and continue uh, towards the the east. So they swipe uh, through the uh, the whole of the Mediterranean. Okay, so we're headed up. What town are you going to offload your cargo then? Then I to La Spezia. La Spezia. Which is very close yeah. to the Cinque Terre, as I recall. It's uh, it's just uh, south, something like forty miles, I think, or thirty or forty miles south of uh, of um, um, Genoa. Genoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've been up to La Spezia. That is where they have the uh, five cities that you can walk through on that coast, which are very pretty, gorgeous cities. Uh, but I've only only yeah. uh, stopped at La Spezia when I was doing a land based trip in Italy. Uh, but not on my boat. So that's where yeah. you uh, offloaded your cargo then. That's right, yeah. The, the place is, uh, for one thing, they, there is a, uh, a slow food uh, group that uh, we work with, uh, of Italian group. And then uh, there is another uh, group in, uh, of slow food again in uh, Italy, in, sorry, in Switzerland. The Italian end of uh, of Switzerland, the Ticino, uh, and uh, they come down and they load uh, on electric car the what we bring, and they take it back to uh, Lugano. Oh, okay, okay. So now you've offloaded. Are you taking on any cargo when you head back to Greece, or are you going back empty now? We've not started yet, but I, I'm, I'm working towards uh, finding loads uh, to, to take back to Greece from that. Okay, okay. But for this last summer, that's where you unloaded. And then did you, be- that's right. did, did you beeline back to Greece, or did you take your time going back? Uh, no, we just spent uh, three days. As a matter of fact, there was another storm. We had to wait for the storm to go. Uh, and at the same time, we unloaded. And then four new crew came uh, to um, uh, to get on the boat. And so I had uh, four people uh, and me, five, coming down. All right. All right. So did you basically backtrack the uh, all the way back? Yeah. Were you doing the long hops again all the way back? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we, and we were thinking of stopping at that. Uh, Capri, but the the wind didn't want to let us go there. We had to put the engine to, to Capri, so I said, forget it. Let's continue down to 
uh, all, from La Spezia all the way to Reggio without stopping. That's a long haul. So that was probably four or five days at sea then, right? Yeah, 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 four days. Okay, okay. Yeah, so you didn't stop in any of the Aeolian Islands either then. You just went right on by them. We went on the west Stromboli, uh, and we took pictures of the smoke coming out of both Stromboli and uh, Etna, because Etna is so high you can... From the islands, you can see it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember the first time I sailed down, uh, I dropped off my family and my next crew I was picking up in Sicily. And so I dropped my family off in um, Sorrento, not Sorrento, um, uh, yeah. uh, just around the peninsula there. Anyway, I dropped my family off and I sailed over to Capri, spent a night in Capri, got up at the crack of dawn the next morning. And there was no wind, and I was motoring all day long and all night long. And about 3 o'clock in the morning, I see a light right in front of me. And uh, to make a long story short, that was the uh, the volcano. Yeah. They call it the oldest lighthouse in the Mediterranean <laughs> on Stromboli. Yeah. By night, you can see the, 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 red, uh, the red light, yes. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, is there anything else we should cover? Before we call it a final interview of this four-part series of, of your company delivering products around the Mediterranean, is there anything else we need to talk about, Lucas? Yeah. I think the, the main thing is that for people that would want to uh, uh, see Greece or even, uh, you know, Greece to Italy in, uh, in, a, in, a, in a way, uh, in a different way without uh, having the responsibility of running the boat, then they can come with us. All right, we'll put links to your website, and I'm sure you'll get some uh, some contact from some of our listeners here. Thank you so much Thank for you. spending the last four hours talking to me. <laughs> well, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity. Okay. And uh, I hope to see you in Greece when you come next time, this summer. I'll send you an email if I get over there this year. This year I'm starting the northern Adriatic, uh, yeah. as far north as you can get in the Adriatic, and I plan on wintering my boat as it stands right now in Previsa. So I'm not sure I'll get over to the Aegean this summer. I want to do the toe of Italy, maybe do a little more of Sicily, and then come back to uh, spend the winter in uh, Previsa. And then next yeah. year after this, I think I'll be back to the uh, back to the Aegean again and probably get to those northern Aegean islands that I enjoyed so much. So. That's sort of two years out, but who knows what will happen in two years. Again, let me thank you, and let's keep in touch. And if there's anything that I can do. And uh, we'll see each other sometime, for sure. All right. Thank you very much. You take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. The website for Sailing in the Mediterranean and Beyond is www.medsailor.com again medsailor.com life is short in the end all that really matters is the memories you make so make a few go sailing Joel, you want to know something? What? 
Every now and then, say what the f What the f gives you freedom? Freedom brings opportunity. Opportunity makes your future. If you can't say it, you can't do it.